You ready? I'm ready. Okay, what is this thing called again? Atla Shrooged. Atla Shrooged? I don't think you're pronouncing that correctly. Welcome, one and all, to Atla Shrugged. This is the Avatar The Last Airbender podcast with the only married Avatar team in the Tri-County area. My name is AJ Capuano and this is... Kaylee Capuano. And uh, we are here, it's our maiden voyage. We're here to talk about uh, Avatar The Last Airbender. So, uh, Kaylee, lovely as ever. Kaylee, would you, uh, would you tell the folks at home what your relationship with this show is? From the intro, you might think he is the big Avatar The Last Airbender fan. It's me. Uh, been watching since the pilot in Nick on Nickelodeon in 2004 and never stopped watching. A little bit about myself. Like I said, my name is AJ uh, and I uh, don't really know a whole lot about Avatar. Uh, Avatar was uh, the character that I saw on all the shirts that my mom thought would match the jeans that I was trying on at JCPenney. The whole premise of this is she knows what she's talking about and I don't, so we're going to play it by ear here. And, Avatar, yeah. the last airbender. The boy in the iceberg as episode one. Mm-hmm. Where in the frozen huge ice wilderness fishing. It's cold. I don't think they're aptly dressed, but... They got fur and stuff. They They've got, got fur, yeah. uh-huh. But then they find somebody who's not really dressed for the occasion. I was surprised. It, it's a really great inciting incident, actually. Um, you, you almost, it's almost like you're thrust into the entire Avatar world because it's not like, you know, you would expect on a show like this that it would be like, oh, long ago in the ages of law. And there is a little of that in the beginning. We get a little bit of backstory, but then boom, you're right into some pretty uh, pedestrian seeming dialogue um, about a fish. And then boom, here we have pedestrian seeming. I want to hear. I want to talk about Sokka and Katara's very first conversation, mm-hmm. which is, well, way to go, leave it to a girl to mess it up. Meanwhile, Katara's mm-hmm. like, just, oh, you're trying to catch a fish? Okay, airbend water ball. Here's a fish, Sokka. <sighs> uh huh. And and so you see you see where uh, the the young woman. What is her name? Katara. Katara. You see where Katara is with her bending skills right from the get-go. And it's a really nice, kind of subtle way to introduce, uh, you know, sort of where she's at, even if that information is not really material at the time. So you find that out later in the episode, right? Right. Not only a young woman, but yeah. the only waterbender in the whole Southern Tread. Right, and as a first-time viewer, I'm, I barely even know what bending is. So I'm, I'm watching it and I'm saying, oh, okay, well, you know, the show does a really good job of telling you that she's a novice at bending. But I hardly know what bending is and I already know where she's at. You know. Which is why Avatar is so good, because that's how all of us felt the first time we watched that episode. Yeah? Yeah. So you watched the pilot. Yeah. You Uh, watched it on Nickelodeon. I watched it on Nickelodeon in my living room when we lived on Walnut Street uh, in one of the houses we lived in in my hometown with Mom and Mm -hmm. Kevin. Um, Mom. 
cabin. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and, yep, we had a, I'll have to ask him what it was later, but giant, giant tube TV in that living room. And uh, it was like, I don't know, whatever hour it aired. And uh-huh. I was done with homework and was like, you know, had seen ads for Avatar for weeks. Mm-hmm. And it was awesome. I watched like almost. I watched ev- almost every new episode that whole season. Sometimes when they when uh, a network is hyping up a show a lot, they'll basically give you the whole first episode in the ads that lead up to it. Was it like that? Oh, I don't know. I just know I was intrigued because bending water and air and fire and earth. It was cool. It looked. Oh, cool. okay. Well, I had in my notes bending. Fire, water, air, and dirt. Did I hear that wrong? I mean, they can bend dirt. We'll have to see. Dirt. That's later. I, th- I thought it was a dirt bender. Sokka. They're out on Sokka. the ice. Uh, <laughs> and Sokka's ice. like, leave it to a girl to screw things up. Right. So, right off from the jump, you gotta, you gotta realize this is 2004. There's not a whole lot of female protagonists in shows. That's one thing. I do know what I bring to the table um, is right from the get-go. super obvious. Uh-huh. Right from the get go, what does Katara do? She doesn't even know the power she wields. She's just mad and calls her brother a sexist pig. Basically, yeah. And it's hilarious having an older brother who um, had a, we've always had a great relationship. Mm-hmm. Though older brothers pick on you. That, that was a really great first As an older brother, I can attest to this fact. So we get this great dialogue, and we learn a lot about their characters. And then, this is, this is what they call, I went to film school. This is what they call an inciting incident. It's sort of, uh, in this case, it might even be uh, like a visual metaphor. Is it breaking the ice? We're breaking the ice with the viewer? Who knows? Who knows? That's good writing. Um, yeah. She gives me too much credit, but yeah. So, Katara breaks the ice, uh-huh. and who comes up but this giant glowing bald weirdo with tats. Glowing arrow, giant, weird, massive, six-legged furry creature all around him. Yeah, that is cool. That's like, um, that's like that dragon off never-ending story, except like yes. uglier. Yeah, <laughs> probably smellier. <laughs> Smellier. Okay. This is my big question. This is, I think, the problem of this show, right off the bat. Me, as a distinguished viewer, I'm sorry, but when they bust out of that ice, and you presume that they've been in there longer than somebody should be frozen solid for. Probably. Two glaring problems. One, it would take a little bit for somebody to warm up from that, right? It would be like, oh, I can move my fingers and whatever, but we, we sort of plow through that in the episode. Sure. And then two, it must have stunk something serious in that ice. Can you imagine? Because when he got, I mean, true, they were frozen in time, frozen in space, whatever. He's frozen. But that, I mean, it must have smelled bad. He had that big gerbil. <laughs> Valid questions, AJ. Um, no spoilers because first time ever watching the pilot of Avatar The Last Airbender. So, but you'll get to see stuff later. Okay. Better late than never. That's what I said. I can't guarantee the smell question is answered, but. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 
is that is that sort of something that would be in the DVD extras then? And we have those, so we'll okay. see. Yeah, we'll we'll have to we'll have to find out if they address the uh, <clears throat> the smell. Um, so then we get introduced. We see this guy come out of the ice, and clearly there's something supernatural about him. We see the tats, we see the robes. He's he's not from this time, and he's he's bald. Mm-hmm. Bald. Uh, which bald at like eleven, judging by his voice. I think is weird. I could be wrong. Mm -hmm. Check me on it, but I think he's twelve. He's 12. Yeah. Um, I am going to check you on it. It would appear that he's over 100 years old. Mm, does he look like a 112-year-old man to you? Anyway. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a second, because this is this is my other big hang-up, other than, you know, the lack of smell-o-vision in uh, 2004 uh, when this came out. This is my other big hang-up on uh, this episode, but we'll get to that uh, when it comes up. So how does that scene end, where we're introduced to uh, Aang? Um, well, this would be where I would call end of act one, beginning of act two, when... Um, act break, okay. Out falls this young, strange, bald boy mm -hmm. and his massive... Hundred years old. And his massive beast. Attracted to a 12-year-old. Okay, hundred years old, attracted to a 12-year-old. <laughs> and Katara, who has freed him from the ice, catches him, and he opens his eyes at this dramatic moment and says, will you go penguin sledding with me? Comic relief. <laughs> yeah. Then we meet someone else pretty soon. We leave them behind because we don't really know a yes. whole lot about them. We meet someone else. So many fanboys, fangirls, favorite character of all time, Prince Zuko. Mm -hmm. Now Prince Zuko um, is the guy with the Ponytail. Uh, like he, uh... Zuko is like less of a weed guy and more of like, like an espresso guy. Zuko would be an espresso guy. Okay, so, uh, espresso guy Zuko. <laughs> espresso guy Zuko. It's a little amped up. Uh -huh. What do we learn about him here? We see him, they're on a ship, right? They're on yeah. a ship, they're cruising, and then he's creeping. Right? So, you see Zuko, you know, he sees the light beam go up, mm -hmm. the Avatar light when Aang is freed from the ice. So yeah, presumably their ship is out uh, somewhere in the sea near the South mm -hmm. Pole. So this is like the, um, this is like Aang's bat signal. Like, the Batman has returned. It's the, uh, the Avatar glow. The Avatar glow. Yeah. And it's not like any other glow. Unlike any other glow. Uh -huh. Only the Avatar has, yes, can glow. As you saw. like that. <laughs> Zuko, what else do we know about him right now? He suffered uh, severe burns after Iro insisted on um, insisted on calming tea uh, via projectile uh, persuasion, right? By Iro. Through the cup of tea. By Iro, you mean Iro? Iro. Iro. Um, Iro. But yeah. So, a good theory, but um, I can't wait to see what you think when you find out how Zuko actually burned his face. But, um,. I yeah. called it already, didn't I? That's, That's exactly how it happens. It's a it's a good theory. Um, okay. Iroh does like tea. He does like hot food. True. I just thought he sounded a little salty when he told Iroh, this is no time for calming tea, because normally calming tea, effort-free tea, always a good thing. But for some reason in Zuko's mind, it's not because he's got something else on top of mind. Um, well, what is, so you're seeing Zuko, like, duke it out. He's fighting these dudes in masks mm. that always remind you of like stormtroopers. Like they just 
clearly they're the the warriors or the the bodyguards or whatever the heck they are. But they're out there and they're letting Get Zuko just like guy. throw flames at him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Iroh says, "Firebending is about." Breath or something. Yeah, about your breath, not your strength, not your power, something like that. It's, oh yeah, like chick converting mm-hmm. energy into. Yeah. Yeah. And and so it sets up it sets up their dynamic too, and that's what's so brilliant about this show is that it holds your hand in such a subtle way that it doesn't feel like it's holding your hand. Also. These sort of, these novel storytelling techniques are very human, which is, which to me is very interesting in this type of show. Like I said, I've tried on the t-shirts. I thought I knew what I was getting into, but I really didn't because there's, there's precise, I mean, compact, uh, what's the word? This word I use all the, distilled. There's distilled human interaction. Yeah. And it tells you everything you need to know, but it leads you on to what you don't know. And that's what I like about this show so far. Well, uh, oh, um, I gotta look up the writer's names, David and Brian. Mm -hmm. When she goes, that means she thinks I'm going to cut it there. But if I do that every time. (laughs) Now family friendly have to cut it. (laughs) Um, okay. Well, anyway, uh, they will be a little more put together on episode two. Trust yeah, me. Yeah. But by this time, if you're if you're listening to this podcast, you pretty much know what happens in episode one. Yeah, I mean, like no spoilers per episode because I mm-hmm. want him to know what happens. But yeah. little known fact: Nickelodeon, when they were looking into doing a show like this, Harry Potter was really hot. They were like, let's do something like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> and this show is going to be interesting because we have a firebender, a waterbender, and an earthbender. And we'll find out. See, I always interpreted this show, um, like I said, I didn't watch it, but just just from the, the cultural, the kids' cultural context, from the KCC, kids' cultural context. I don't know what that is. We'll have to score that <laughs> that bump later. Um, you know, put the horns behind me. Um, that's sure, what, what? That's what I picture in my head. So I sort of saw this as Nickelodeon watching their main competitor right now, which is Cartoon Network, and they see the success of things like Dragon Ball Z or yep. whatever. But um, how are you going to get... They're a, a animation studio that's not Funimation at this time. You're not going to. You're, so essentially what we do is we have this awesome anime art style that's starting to really gain traction over in America. And we say, oh, well, we can't get Funimation. We're going to make it in-house. And then we get we get this show with that's, that's sort of... Uh, I mean, to me, it feels American and the dialogue and the dynamics and stuff like that. It's not the pomp. It's not the, it's not the, uh, you know, it's not the pageantry of a Japanese anime. But you're getting that art style. You're getting this sort of characters um, with the supernatural, uh, you know, uh, circumstances that you would see in a Japanese show. Oh, yeah. Uh, That's a big question. Is it? anime it's like 
is it champagne if it wasn't made in France? It's like kind of the same question. That is a great way to put that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it is exactly like yeah. the one of the first like American anime style cartoons that really hit. Yeah. And so it comes, it, it, it sort of died in the wool. Are these questions, is it anime? If it looks like this, if it walks like a duck, duck talks like a duck, et cetera, et cetera. So... We go back to the show. They just got out of the ice block. Uh, the writers are ignoring the fact that um, Appa, Appa, Appa yeah. would just be, I mean, going to the bathroom all over the place. Appa was just in ice forever. All that stuff just thawed. Appa would be... I mean, I don't think they took it for granted at all because in the first scene with all of them, you see Appa sneeze giant snot all over poor Sokka. So, so. I mean, and it was a Nickelodeon show, so... Would you say that they were slimed? I had never thought about that, but actually, yeah, totally. They got were slimed. slimed. They got slimed. Okay. Saka, Slime Time Live. I bet that they... Were they still doing Slime Time Live in 2004? I mean, I don't think there's, there's been a point in Nickelodeon's history where they haven't had uh, slime be a really... Um, a chief operant in their programming. That's true. Um, so, yeah. I, I always wanted to get slimed. Me too. Isn't that weird? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Just put me under the bucket. Watch you you watch that happen and the people who it's happening to, they're just like like, you know, Nick Cannon is just like, oh I hate this stuff. It smells like cotton candy and oh it, it's in my nose again. But the, but to a kid that looks so fun. <laughs> like did you watch Did you watch Nickelodeon when uh, Are you Are you afraid of the dark? Yeah yeah yeah. I yeah. Mm, my uh, my grandma would let me watch that. Mine too. That's on cable. My grandma had cable. We didn't have cable. My grandma had cable. When Are You Afraid of the Dark came on, we were glued to the floor in front of the TV. Too this close to it. part of the reason we get each other. We grew up so Midwest. We mm -hmm. had all the same things. Yes. <laughs> Are You Afraid of the Dark? And did, any, did they ever answer that question in that show? I don't know, moving on. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so we get mm -hmm. to the village. Yes. Which I love. Um, you see that first moment of flashback for Aang. You see him like in yeah. some kind of storm and yeah. he yeah. closes the eyes around himself. And then he wakes up abruptly to Katara dragging him out in front of the entire village. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, entire village? Me? Uh, Aang, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Aang, this is the entire village. And I always love the like little, like the funny sound effect music they put on. Like, yeah. Wah, wah. <laughs> it's just wah, this little group. This is all we are. Right. The pride of the Southern tribe. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to say <laughs> what I was going to say. Did we already, did we gloss over the penguins with the mustaches? No, we haven't gotten there yet. Okay, we'll get there. This, this penguins have mustaches. Important. So, mm -hmm. Right. Aang, at this point, he probably gets that things are a little bit weird, but he clearly doesn't know that it's a hundred years in the future. Right, right. And we find that out later. And he's he's floored by that because he, he really does feel 12, which, yeah. But I think this, uh, that moment when you first get to know the village mm -hmm. and you see Aang, who's 12, yes. and Katara, who's like maybe a year to two years older. Mm-hmm. 13 or 14, and then Sokka, presumably 15 or 16, 
Sokka being, yeah, skeptical. You see him, like, question everything and maybe be a little pessimistic about things. But then when you see him in the village, you realize he's the, he's the man of the tribe because all of the men have left and gone to war. Which sort of explains Sokka's sort of tough guy sort of act. Because, not knowing anything else about the show, correct me if I'm wrong, but he was sort of thrust into this position of masculinity. Right. And I don't know if this show is necessarily going to continue to ask questions about what it means to be masculine, what it means to be fem... She did the face. Oh my gosh, she does that face? I don't know, will it? Let's see. She does that face whenever she knows something that I don't, so... Bravo, Kayla, you gave it away. I said no spoilers. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I'm interested to see where it goes with that because, again, this is 2004. Right. Or mid-2000s, I don't know. Necessarily if it's 2004. Okay, so... So, we're in the village. Saga. Aang. Grand-grand. Grand-grand. We hear about the grand-grand, right? Oh, right. So, that is where it gets really important for me. So, the stark contrast between Aang and Sokka. Boys not too far apart in age. Aang is clearly the second youngest male in that village. Yeah. But you see Aang, who is having a good time and is playing and is turning giant Appa's tail into a slide for all the kiddos. And he starts to show off his airbending because he can like fly. And that's sweet because no one has ever seen an airbender. He still doesn't mm-hmm. know that, which makes it a little bit dark. But he flies and then screws up and his head goes straight through Sokka's watchtower. Which is important because Sokka, being the only responsible man in that village, is the only person who gets up in that watch a watchtower, which Aang just broke. Mm-hmm. So Sokka wasn't in the watchtower to watch the approaching ship. To a first time viewer, there's some visual language going on there. There's um, there's the actual watchtower and then there's what's the what the watchtower may represent. Sokka is not bending, right? He's, he's not, not a, a bendy guy. He's not a dirt bender. Um, <laughs> no but, bending abilities of any kind. But he did, he did use regular human abilities to, to do what he was charged to do by the tribe, yeah. which was keep watch. Use not a not a superpower, not a bending ability, but uh, I guess just by virtue of masculinity and it, him being the only person with uh, with this sex to co- coincide with this gender, and then Aang comes and blows it up in what the third scene? Right, like, and that that is exactly Sokka's frustration. Is you know he has seen his dad go off to war. We'll learn more about that later, but he takes this seriously and he takes it seriously that it is his responsibility to train these little boys because he knows that there is danger. And then Aang comes in and just, he thinks it's irresponsible. He thinks it's silly. (laughs) But he didn't do that on purpose, did he? No. No, of course not. Okay. That's what I thought. Okay. So how long till we get to these penguins? Because I have some words for these penguins. That's next. Okay. So then Aang after hitting the watchtower, is like, penguin, and he runs after the penguin. We run after the penguin, and the penguins, they don't have any business having that many arms. Well, that the is the The penguins have an excess of arms, Kaylee. 
Four, I think, right? And Four, yeah. Three, three toes. And um, mustaches, which I never associated with penguins before. They're like otter penguins, I mm -hmm. think. So it was at this point. Or sea lion penguins, something like that. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna put on my National Geographic voice. It was at this point that AJ realized Avatar: The Last Airbender was not based on a true story. There's crazy looking <laughs> penguins out here. I'm like, okay, there's a fairy tale, huh? Um, you saw Appa, <clears throat> but didn't question the fantasy elements of the story until you saw the penguins. So I'm just questioning that a little bit, but go ahead. <laughs> these are unrealistic penguins. They're weird penguins. I don't buy it. You know what I don't buy about these penguins? That we're taking a ride on their bellies and they're not ground to some morbid, disgusting, you know what I mean? I like it. The, do they have special bellies? Oh, pe yes, penguin. Have oh. you ever gone to the zoo? <laughs> Have you seen the penguin or watched a YouTube video? But there's weight <laughs> hey. coming down and they're, they're on the ice and they've I just got like worry. they're like wax feathers. At the at the very least indigestion for those poor mustachioed penguins. Well, I mean, like I don't think Aang was the first one to ever do it. Right. And we like ride horses and stuff. We do ride horses. <sighs> yeah. Okay, I'll get over it. That's fine. Well, penguin that's fine. sledding. Mm -hmm. It's fine. You gotta get you gotta get down with penguins. Okay. Okay. So so now the Cliff Notes version of, of what we learn here. What what do we see? Who's interacting? Who's riding the penguin? Who has the mustache? We get a lot of good just Aang and Katara development moments just in this first episode. But it's just Aang and Katara. Mm. Who Katara, being as we know, the one who has to do all the chores and manage everything, and mm -hmm. she's just had to grow up really fast. She mm -hmm. jumps on, follows after Aang, gets on a penguin, and yells, I haven't done this since I was a kid. And Aang says, you still are a kid. And that hit me, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, explain that a little bit. Explain, um, I guess, without giving anything away, what what are we talking about here? What are they talking about? So you know how in cartoons you can always tell ages by height? Yeah. So that's kind of the point is like, Aang is- Whether or not there's a cane. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Right. Uh -huh. Is their head out of the shot? That can, right. You know that's an adult. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Aang is only a little bit shorter than Katara. And Katara is a mm -hmm. bit shorter than Sokka, Which but curious. closer to Aang. So you see that they are of similar age, but that Katara sees herself more like Sokka sees himself, which is an adult in charge, responsible. A tribe in isolation where I presume there are sort of threats to their safety. Maybe they've seen other people pass. Maybe they've had to grow up faster um, than what the viewers used to, what we're used to, etc. It's just life in the wilderness, right? Right. Okay. So then they have that nice moment and mm -hmm. they get to the bottom of the hill and what do we see? Uh, basically a Woody Allen movie beginning. Right. Explain that. Uh, While you were talking about, uh, Alan's just a little bit shorter, but he's like a hundred years old, and then she's. So he's this is basically a, a Woody Allen movie. He's right? a kid. It's not uh, like he has I the know. thoughts or maturity of a hundred and twelve-year-old man. Ooh, he's twelve. I'll get over it. It's fine. Mm -hmm. It's more than fine. It's perfect. Anyway, mm -hmm. so they get to the bottom of the hill, and there is the Fire Nation ship. 
old Fire Nation ship. Yeah. And they go in. They go in. Do they go in right away? Katara, you know, protests for a moment, but she's emboldened by Aang, and he has no reason to fear because he doesn't know that it's 100 years later and that they're at war with the Fire Nation. He He sees this as a friendly ship. He's, you know, it's safe. She feels emboldened. She's seen him do incredible things already. She feels safe with him. It's fine. They can just go on the ship. Yeah, she knows trust. better, and mm-hmm. but she trusted him. Yeah, yeah, and they went trust. in. She, I got the sense she felt a little empowered, like those kids on "Are You Afraid of the Dark" when they would go around with a, uh, with, with like a, a, a sophomore in high school. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, yeah. They'd be like, oh yeah, let's go in the haunted house. Oh yeah, so he's got a ball cap and a leather jacket. Mm. Yeah, I trust him. <laughs> I just pictured, I just pictured Aang. <laughs> I just pictured Aang. Right? Is that how you pronounce it? Aang or Aang? Do not say Ong. Literally, I just had horrible flashbacks to... I didn't mean to... to the worst film ever. Sorry, all y'all that made it. It was terrible. Anyway, it's what? Aang. What Aang film? is correct. What film? Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, it's because they pronounce Ong yeah. in that movie. Yep. Now, see, um, I've seen the M. Night Shyamalan movie about 11 times now. But I didn't even know that there was a whole animated show. I'm just kidding. I haven't even... I, I saw one scene and that's all. That's all I needed of that. That was... That was bad. Two-star review. I saw The Village in theaters. And I thought it was good. And I saw one scene of the M. Night Shyamalan, Avatar, Last Airbender, whatever. And I was like, get me out. Get me out, out, out. I watched that movie in the back of a Jeep at the drive-in and with Casey. Casey, who will be on the show Uh someday soon. Yeah. And we got about two minutes into it and just looked at each other with disgust. (laughs) We talked Mm -hmm. through the rest of it. It was terrible. You couldn't. Couldn't deal. Couldn't deal. Anyway. (laughs) So we're on the ship. Mm -hmm. Tara trusted him. Yeah. They're having fun. They get on the ship, and what do they talk about? They're they're looking at the weapons, whatever. And this is basically where we find out, right, about the age and stuff like that. There's a little bit of exposition. This is where um, they're talking. Yeah, and Aang asks Katara, you know, I know a lot of firebenders. I know benders all over the world, and I don't remember there being a war. (laughs) And he sees firebenders in, taken out of the context of the, the present day that they're currently in because he sees firebenders as uh, safe, as just like allies. He says, oh, yeah. I, I've known plenty of firebenders. But his impression of firebenders has changed. And why is that? We don't know much about Aang at all at this point other than we suspect he's the He's an airbender, and that is mm-hmm. not very common or common at all. Mm-hmm. And we know that they're at war with the Fire Nation, so he was alive and friends with other firebenders just like everyone else when it was peacetime. So he doesn't see firebenders as different from any other people. But the world has changed since then. Right. And we find out again, back to this, I'm talking subtlety, you know, subtlety. In a in a Japanese show and not to take anything away from the same sort of Japanese show that a 13 or 14 year old like I was in 2004 would have watched at the time but in a Japanese show you would get pounds of dialogue 
that do the same thing as ounces of dialogue do in this show. You know, you get people screaming from mountaintops like they're saying, uh, I am the fourth w warrior of the, uh, you know, Harumshi uh, clan and I blah, blah, I have a God-ordained right and you learn that right away. So like, yes, in a show that's not Avatar, it does get you it does get you rooting for them right away because you figure out that's the function of the show. But it has this, this sort of storytelling sophistication in a lot of cases, like Dragon Ball Z, it was just something I could never get into, not as a kid, not as an adult, whatever. Mm -hmm. But as an example, that sort of show with the pageantry, whatever that I was talking about, yeah. it has the same uh, like inertia of something like Power Rangers, yeah. where, where they tell you what's going on first and then you see how that turns out later. But in this, it's both at the same time, like I was saying, ounces, not pounds. Well, I think it's really close to the Pokemon model too, where like, I know you didn't watch Pokemon. I didn't, I played the heck out of those games though. True, but mm -hmm. that was the basic formula for every episode. Okay, here's what happened last time. Mm -hmm. Ash and Pikachu are doing something. Here yeah. comes Team Rocket. And Zuko mm -hmm. is like, you always know Something's gonna happen with Zuko this episode. And it has very little to do with calming Jasmine T. It has everything to do with calming Jasmine T. No, I, I thought he flatly rejected the cup of tea. It's episode one, man. All right, give us the tea. So, Katara has the realization, I think it's been more like a hundred years that you've been in the ice. This is the Woody Allen moment, uh-huh. And then Aang, sinks down and amongst the weapons, right? Mm -hmm. The spears that are along the wall in the ship. Right. And it lets it hit him. I think he puts a hand on his head in a hundred years and he's realizing like, where's everybody I knew? That's like you go to school one day and there's a new kid and then you interrogate him a little bit and it turns out it's your great grandpa. Yeah, it's exactly like that. He woke up <laughs> today at school He's your great-grandpa. He, the last time he was in school, the world was a different place. And that's what we see yep. with the firebending. He, his assumption that the firebenders are, uh, not to use a million dollar word here, but innocuous. They're, that they're safe, that they're allies. Right. Yeah. right. Because this moves kind of fast, but you can look back and go, mm -hmm. okay, in that moment, like, yep, all of his yeah. friends and people he knew are gone, but also any of the, I don't want to say good firebenders, but like, he doesn't have any firebenders that he trusts anymore. It's unfamiliar. Mm -hmm. And they're on the offense all of a sudden. Right. And this great music is playing when he sort of finds that out and it's building this tension and, um, my internal clock is telling me, oh, we're about at 18 minute mark. You know, the episode, this first episode of Avatar The Last Bender, Airbender, um, uh, starring Ong, uh, is just about over. Then what happens? We, we, we change scenes right after that, right? Well, yeah, classic. Mm -hmm. Then, you know, Katara's like, hey, maybe we should leave. And Aang's like, of course. Entering one more room where literally there's a tripwire. What'd you say about booby traps? And right. it pew, sends a flare straight from the ship, which is so Fire Nation, so smart. It doesn't oh, like yeah. incinerate so them. It doesn't so fire throw Nation. fire or because burn the, anything or tra it does trap them, but the, it just, ding. 
Right. Here we are. Another thing that's important to note too is that the flare itself was made of fire. And that is so Fire Nation for them to have a, a thing that's made of, of, fi of fire. So, um, I, <laughs> I know everything about this show. Um, well, anyway, the so, flare goes up and then we mm -hmm. see Zuko in his scope and he spots Aang, who from a distance is a bald <laughs> small man yeah. carrying someone airbending off of the ship. And then he turns the scope and sees the water tribe. There's not supposed to be a guy. There's not supposed to be a guy who has the powers that Aang has, right? Right, it can be, in Zuko's mind, well, it has to be the Avatar, A, because the light beam. The <laughs> light beam. B, because, right, there are no airbenders left. He sees someone airbending, it's the Avatar. So it's, you say light beam, but it's unlike any other light beam. There's some, there's a quality about that that's that says to other benders, maybe. The avatar glow. Uh-huh. So it's like an ultralight beam. Which is funny because it's I'm like a huge ultra light beam. But yeah, because I've got an ultralight beam and that's that was literally the very last note. We get this groovy music when this tension is building and you're waiting for next week. You're waiting for the next episode of Avatar. You're you're thinking about what you're gonna tell you're thinking about what you're gonna t uh, talk about in school the next day because you were one of the cool kids who saw Avatar. And okay. I was one of the cool kids who saw feature films for families. It's a Christian movie. Movie catalog. Um, <laughs> um, and you hear this music, and it sounds. This score is phenomenal. Very good score so far. I like it. I loved it. Yeah. Yeah. And then the credits roll, and then you wait for the next week. And you wait for the next week. You wait for the next week. So I mean, overall, um, I mean, I think, yeah, I really think like we got into this episode we got we we got um we we inquired of the episode i say as a person who always knows what he is talking about right right so we're <laughs> we're wondering how this is going to work out for some really memorable characters um this dude you are let's name check mm -hmm. um first we have ong ang First we have Aang. Second we have, and I wrote these down. This is this is what M. Night Shyamalan did. He's like, oh no, it's fine, I'll remember. I wrote these down. <laughs> <laughs> and then, then he goes the whole the whole movie on. Um, we have Zuko. Zuko. Mm-hmm. We have Shonda. No. We have Shania. No. Who are we talking about? What is her name? Katara. Katara. Should you, you, you should remember this because I named my car after Oh, it's her. okay. I'm writing it down. Oh. Katara. Katara. I've heard it was a legendary smooth ride. We have Aang. Aang. Not on. I'll get there, guys. Don't worry. And then we have Isu. Isu? Iroh. Iroh. We have Iroh. General or uncle. A Y N G, Eng. You can literally just like read like the Zoo cover. It's like right, right Oh yeah, there. it's on the back. <laughs> it's right on the back. Um, all right. So I think that about covers everything in the pilot. I'm waiting for next week. And you know, um, currently it's uh, March 14th, 2020, and you know, like a lot of people are 
self-quarantining and schools mm -hmm. closed for the next two weeks. So right. uh, I will be right here at home. Well, we are all, probably Sundays. We are all like ongs stuck in our icebergs. If you had just said Aang, I would have like been okay with that like lead out. But anyway, thanks for having us, <laughs> guys. Thank you so much. And um, see you next week on Atlas Shrugged. On Atlas Shrugged, the premiere Avatar The Last Airbender podcast with the married co-host team. We'll, we'll work on saying that together. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs>